Good morning, church. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we are excited that you are joining us this morning. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 21. And the title of my sermon is Beware of the Traps. You know, we continue in the book of Matthew this morning, and it has been an amazing journey. In fact, we have been studying the book of Matthew for four and a half months now. It's, it's, been, it's been a little while, and I'm telling you, uh, I'm just thankful that, and it is my prayer actually, <clears throat> that we're not the same people that we were four and a half months ago when we started this journey. Because these scriptures, these parables, they have been just a transformational experience. And, and it has been for me, so it is my prayer that it has been for everybody else. Uh, one of the things that we are doing as we cover these uh, scriptures and, and specifically the parables, it, it, we've, been, we've been asking that we take a perspective of using the parables as a mirror, right? Because it's easy to dismiss the parables, especially when um, Jesus is calling out a certain behavior from the Pharisees, right? And, and, and we don't see ourselves as the Pharisees. And so we say things like, or we can get in the mindset of saying, why don't they get it? Or I can't believe they're doing that to Jesus. And, and our prayer is that, that when we look at these parables, that, that we use them as a mirror and say, am I seeing myself in that behavior? Am I, uh, am I um, acting certain things out the way those Pharisees were? And, and I think that's what has made this such an, an impactful um, process and, and journey. So uh, we're excited about that. So we continue um, in this uh, book. Um, you know, when, when we started the, the study uh, of Matthew, I, I wish I could say it was because it was some kind of divine inspiration that the Holy Spirit um, just spoke to our spirit, um, the clergy here in New Beginnings, and said, let us do a series on the book of Matthew. <laughs> I would love for that to be the case, but, but it really wasn't. Now, I still believe it was divine intervention, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> but what we decided was a year ago, is to follow the lectionary. And the lectionary is really some predetermined scriptures um, that follow the calendar, um, the church calendar. And so, you know, you kind of don't, I like it because you don't get to pick and choose which scriptures you want to use. Those have already been predetermined. The reason I'm saying that is because a year ago, this particular scripture that we're going to preach on today was already um, selected, right, a year ago. And, and one of the things that I've noticed, not just in this particular scripture, but many others, is that even though they were pre-selected sometime before, they just happen to be perfect timing for whatever is happening during that time. It's just amazing the way God works, right? That's why I know it's divine um, inspiration and divine direction because, um, you know, it could have been a scripture selected uh, eight months ago, and yet it is perfect for the time, the current time that we are delivering that message. And it is for today. You know, we're going to talk about today that well-known scripture where Jesus says, so, uh, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and render to God what belongs to God. And it was a scripture that had to do with, you know, the, the politicians at the time and the religious leaders at the time trying to trap Jesus, trying to lure him into answering a question and, and, and as such making a statement that then they were going to be able to use um, against him. Again, the, the, the political system at the time and the religious system at the time coming together to try to trap Jesus. And, and what a perfect um, message 
and what perfect timing as we're dealing with the political climate that we are dealing with today. So let's look at the scripture this morning and we'll uh, dig um, right into it. Matthew twenty-two fifteen through 21. And it says this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this morning, God. And we thank you, Father God, for the gift of our faith and the gift, God, of Jesus. And we ask this morning, God, that you prepare our hearts and our minds, God, that you, that you just open our ears, God, and, and our spirits so that we can receive the, the important message that you have for us this morning. I ask, Holy One, that you make me small this morning so that your word and your message may, may be magnified. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So here, as I mentioned, they were trying to trap Jesus into getting caught up in the messiness of politics and religion. Now, I'm not preaching this sermon today because I've got something to contribute, or I'm not going to try to stand here and say I'm an authority on this particular subject, because God knows, and, and many of you do as well, that I have not been as wise as Jesus was. I have not been as successful as Jesus was when he was lured and when he was trying, they were trying to trap him. He knew enough to avoid it and and not step in it. And unfortunately, that hasn't been the case for me. I have stepped into it many times. In fact, I've had to um, a couple uh, send a couple of messages um, this past week to some some friends that I felt maybe had been too aggressive in some of my responses, and and I wanted to apologize for that. So so I clearly am not going to stand here as an authority on this particular subject. Um, but I've always said that um, we need to be transparent, and and my approach has always been when it comes to the scriptures is that. Um, perspective of a student. And so I'm here today because this was a powerful lesson for me to learn and an amazing reminder of of what's important as we go through this process. And so again, I'm not going to preach about my own experience because I can't contribute much to that. But it is important that we preach on what Jesus did. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look exactly at what Jesus did when he was in the same situation that you and I get caught up in every day. And let's look at how he responded. And and let's look at what he did. Today, we're going to look at three life application points that will help us understand and recognize the warnings, understand our role in this entire process. But ultimately, not just avoid the traps, but actually be the image bearers of God through this process. Are you ready? So get your pens and paper and let us um, start taking some important notes this morning. 
The first life application point is beware of flattery. Now, at first I was going to say beware of false flattery, right? Uh, but I really do think that we also need to be careful with flattery, period. Uh, and let me tell you why I say that. Not everybody that flatters us is trying to get something, right? Not everybody that flatters us has an ulterior motive. <clears throat> and, and, and maybe they are genuine in their and, and paying that compliment. And maybe their only goal is to try to convey something positive to us. But the reason I say to be careful and keep that in check, because, you know, most people like flattery, right? We, we like to be flattered. Uh, we like compliments. And so the reason I say to be careful and to keep that in check is because we don't want to be caught in a situation where it will influence especially those of us in ministry, but also to, to friends, to anybody out there. We don't want to get caught in a situation where it will influence um, us not doing the right thing because we don't want to offend somebody. We don't want somebody to be upset with us. So, so I just want to, wanted to, to throw that in there and make sure that we keep that in check. But what we're going to talk about today is disingenuous flattery what we call fake flattery, right? And that's exactly what was happening here. How, how do we know that? Well, first of all, the scripture tells us, right, that, that they were trying to trap Jesus. And so look at the approach that they took. And first of all, we also have to look at the alliance here. These were two groups, and, and I invite you to, to Bible study on Wednesday. Listen, if you don't participate in Bible study on Wednesdays, there's going to be a lot of gaps um, in these sermons and the scriptures, because we can only cover so much during this time, right? But but if you uh, join us in Bible study, then we'll be able to fill in some of those gaps. But but uh, two important things to look at here. One is look at these two groups. The Pharisees were anti-Rome. They were anti-taxes. They they were being oppressed and they did not support uh, Rome or support their taxation system. In fact, they saw it as a very corrupt system and they were just didn't think they should participate in it. It wasn't right for them to do so. And then you see the Herodians. They were the politicians in the process. They believed in Rome. They believed in the process and, and they believed that, that this is necessary, something that was necessary for them to do. Both of them Neither one of them liked Jesus. Jesus and his message and what Jesus was doing was, was threatening both of their power and their authority, and it was just making it very difficult for both of them. So neither one of them liked Jesus. Neither one of them liked each other. But yet, they disliked Jesus enough to form this alliance, to come together and, and try to trap him. In other words, they didn't like each other, but they were willing to overlook some differences because their goal was to get rid of Jesus. It is kind of where they're saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And this is exactly what was happening here. They, they formed this alliance and then they come to him, sweet talking him buttering him up, right? Teacher, you know, you are, you teach with authority. You teach the truth. You don't care about what people think or who they are, you know, and, and, and we, we respect and we admire you. And that's why we're coming to you uh, with these questions. And so they, they used 
you know, they, they sweet talk them, they, they build them up to try to lure him into their trap. So we know it was disingenuous because the scripture tells us, but because of the nature of the two um, people coming together in this alliance and because they were not interested in the truth, they were interested in trapping Jesus. It is not like they came to Jesus and saying, Jesus, we have been struggling with this question you know we don't like the taxation system we don't believe in it but but we don't know whether we should pay it or not and the herodians were not saying you know shall we do this or not no they really were not interested in the answer their only interest was in trapping jesus and jesus knew how to recognize that and you and i need to be able to recognize that as well and that is that is important church you know and and so how do we make sure that we recognize these things right and this is where the discernment uh, of the holy spirit comes you know I, for example i can i can handle when somebody comes to me and says you know pastor i really enjoy uh, the way you preach you know your your three life application points your abc you know they, they help me learn and that's the way i process things you know i can i can handle that and you know thank you for sharing that with me but if somebody comes to me and says, you know, Pastor, I don't know why you say you can sing. I think you sing beautifully. Well, now I know that that is definitely disingenuous, right? And so, so we need to be able to know how to recognize it. However, it's not always going to be that obvious. And, and that's why that discernment is important. That's why we need to be aware of flattery because um, it will sometimes tend to influence us. And we've got to follow Jesus' example here and not fall for it, not step into it. Um, again, I have not been as successful as Jesus has, but it is my prayer as we are reminded through this scripture, we're reminded through this message, that it is important that we know how to navigate through this process without stepping on a landmine. So it is important that we understand that process. We know what their intentions were. But I'm gonna ask us something. This is going back to using the mirror perspective. What about when we do it? What about when we try to use flattery to get something? Are we always being genuine about it? <clears throat> are we, being, are we uh, flattering someone because we truly wanna build them up? Or are we doing it because we want something in return? Listen, think about that because I think it's a tool that we all use at one point or another. Children know how to use it. Parents, you know this, right? Spouses, <clears throat> y'all know how to do that, right? Notice I said y'all know how to do that. <laughs> we do. We know how to use flattery to manipulate, to get what we want. And so, so I've gotta, we've gotta be honest, right? Again, in the spirit of transparency, how many times do we find ourselves doing that? And here is the last question on this particular topic. How many times have we do that? Have we done that to God? <clears throat> how many times have we gone, gone to God with flattery? You know, how many times do, do we approach God 
with, with having to remind him of how good we are, of everything that we've done, as if he might not know or might not remember, right? So how many times, listen, how many times have our prayers started with, God, you know this. God, you know this. God, I've been doing this. God, I've been faithful in this. And God, I also know that you are great and you are loving and you are gracious. And, and I know that you are faithful, God, and you will honor our efforts. And so I, you know, I've just told you how good I am, God, and how good you are. So naturally, you would want to answer my prayer and give me this one thing that I'm asking for because I've been so good to you and because you are so good. Listen, I know I'm not the only one that's prayed that way. So, so today we need to be aware of flattery. We know their intentions, but we also need to know ours. And when we come to God, are we coming with the intention to just get our way? And then when we approach somebody, are we doing the same thing? My goodness, it's really important that we understand that. Here's life application point number two. <clears throat> Jesus says, show me the money. I know it's a, it's a funny catchphrase, but, but it's true, right? Here, they were talking about the taxation system. Again, one was for it, the other one was against it. And so they knew that this was a perfect trap. Because if Jesus, uh, you know, uh, agreed with one, then he had to deal with the other ones. And if he agreed with the Pharisees, then the Herodians would say he's not being a, a good supporter of Rome. And he's, he's being, you know, trying to work against Rome. <clears throat> If he agreed with the Pharisees, then the Herodians would say, oh, you know, he's being anti, um, you know, God. He, he is, he is given an allegiance to, to Herod and, and to Rome and, and Caesar instead of God. And so, so Jesus here, they thought we got him either way. Either way, he's going to be in trouble. Now, this is the thing that I love about Jesus and that this has been a great learning experience for me as we look at these parables and look at these stories. Jesus intent was never to call him out and just embarrass him. So when he answered this question, he wasn't saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to show you. Oh, you, be careful what you ask for, because here it is, right? I don't think that was Jesus's intention. You know, when, when I know that, that God sent Jesus so that none shall perish, that included the Pharisees and the Herodians and everybody. I think Jesus to the last moment was still trying to get the message across to them. So he answered their question, and, and it's a powerful, powerful question for us today, and it is a, definitely a powerful answer for us. <clears throat> See, they weren't expecting this, and truth be told, I don't think many of us will even like this answer. But Jesus says, okay, show me the coin. Whose image is on this coin that we use for pay taxes? Caesar's, the emperor. Okay, then you give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. You give the emperor what belongs to the emperor. That's his image on there. And, and what they were saying here is, sorry, what he was saying is, there is a role that we must play when it comes to the politics of that time and today. We do have a responsibility, is what Jesus is saying, that although, because we live in this, um, in this world, there are some responsibilities that we must take and participate in. And so Jesus is saying, yes, you pay your taxes. Yes, you follow the law. You find other scriptures in which he says, we must submit to the people that have authority. So, so Jesus is saying, yes, 
You must participate in this process. You must pay taxes. You must obey the law. You must do uh, what is required by law for you to do. However, this is, listen, you don't want to miss it. <clears throat> because he says, whose image is on that coin, right? That money belongs to Caesar. But here is the second question that you and I need to be able to answer. They didn't ask it, but we need to ask it. Whose image do we bear? We know what image they saw in that coin, in that denarius. But what image do we bear? When people see us, what do they see? Who is the emperor image that we carry? And scripture tells us that we were made in his image, in God's image. So, so listen, don't, don't miss this. Yes, we do what we need to do. We participate in what we need to participate and we pay what we need to pay and obey what we need to obey. However, that is just one role that we play. That is what image is on that coin, but our image, the image that we bear is God. So, 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 so Jesus says, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. And listen, what belongs to God is you and I. We are the ones that bear his image. So what do we give back to God? It is our lives. We give God our worship. We give God our praise. We give God our lives, our talents, our money, our gifts, our time. Everything is his because that's whose image we have, we carry. <clears throat> I heard a pastor say this, and I really thought it was it was um, it was pretty good. And, and I hope you you can um, understand it as well. But he says, you know, those of us that um, like TV trays, <coughs> excuse me. He says, you know, when you get a TV tray, it comes with everything that you need, right? It comes with your protein. It comes with your starch, with your veggie. It even comes with a, a dessert, right? So you get an entire tray. And he says, and that's how God is. And, and, and the, the taxation process, the political system that we have to participate in, that's just one of those elements, right? We, we can't say, I'm going to take my dessert and that's going to be God and everything else doesn't belong to God. <coughs> no, he's saying, the whole tray is God. Yes, we participate in different things, but ultimately everything belongs to God, including the role that we play in. So church, this is really important. Yes, we participate in the process and yes, we are engaged and involved, but never, never at the expense of forgetting who we are. Never at the expense of forgetting whose image we carry. And it is important, it is an important lesson for us today. You know, I will mention this too, because I think this is important. And you might not like this, but I honestly, because I didn't like it either, but, but I think it's true. Jesus is saying, we have a responsibility to participate in that process. And so if we ever get to a point where we think it's good to cheat the system, then I, I think we really need to um, question our integrity. Uh, uh, listen, I'm, I'm serious. You know, Jesus didn't say, try to cheat Caesar as much as you can when it comes to giving to Caesar. He says, you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And so, so as we are talking about, you know, taxes today, 
I don't think we should boast if we're able to cheat the system. That's because ultimately we do have a responsibility to participate and contribute in the services that we receive. Listen, paying taxes, whether we like it or not, is what keeps our roads um, operational. It is what provides us with, you know, first response responders, the police department, the fire department, the, you know, the paramedics, there are schools. I mean, there's so many things that we benefit from that we have a responsibility to contribute into. And so, so listen, I think Jesus here is saying, you do what's right to do. Um, not at the expense of who you are as a Christian, but we still have a responsibility to participate in it. And I'm telling you, it is a powerful lesson for all of us. Here's the third life application point. Beware of the traps. Oh my God, Jesus was able to recognize it and we need to be able to recognize it too. Now I'm gonna speak here to the political process that we are um, currently in. Neither party's goals are the same as God's. Listen, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter what we say, their goal, any political party, whether it's the right or the left, their goal is to put their candidate in office. Their goal is to promote their political agenda. That is their goal. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, that, that's, that's not the point. The point is their goal, their primary goal is to put their party into power. That is not God's goal. God's goal is that we expand the kingdom of God. God's goal is that we make disciples because if we make disciples and we're able to reach more and more and more and more people for the kingdom. Remember, so that none should perish. So uh, it doesn't matter how aligned we are with either party. Their goal is not the same as us as Christians. It is not. Their goal is power. Their goal is to win the, 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 for their candidate. Their goal is to, to be able to, to, to make, get the fame and the money and everything that comes with it. Our goal should not be aligned with theirs. And when I see today the alliance, the alliances that are formed today that look so familiar to the alliance that we are looking at today, when we get the religious organizations um, coming together with the political organizations and trying to convince us that their goal is the same, and I'm here to tell you it is not, it is not, it hasn't been, and it will never be. Because their goal is power. Their goal is power here on earth, and our goal is to expand the kingdom of God while we're here on earth. Our goals are never going to be the same. It is okay to be passionate, and it is okay to be engaged, but not at the expense of us being Christians. It is, uh, we have a responsibility to be engaged. We have a responsibility if we're going to do it, to do it right. But not when it's going to prevent God from using us in the primary role that he wants to use us. <clears throat> and that's why this week I had to apologize. Because my primary role is to be the people's pastor, not their political advisor. And so, so I cannot take positions that will distract 
from what God is trying to use me in. And, and listen, neither can any of us. So let's keep that whole process in check. Let's keep that whole process in perspective. Because let me tell you something, and this is, God, this is, this is important. At this point, we do not have time to change people's minds anymore. I really think at this point, people have made up their minds and they're going to do what they're going to do. So yes, we, 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 we should be engaged. And yes, we should do our part and vote and participate in any way that we can. But at this point, we also have to recognize that maybe we're not gonna be changing anybody's minds, but we, let me tell you something, a lot can still happen during this time and more, more relationships can be broken and more families can be pulled apart. So, so it is important that we keep this in check. Do not fall for the trap. Do not step into it. Learn, wisdom also means that we know when to just say, no, thank you. We're not going to participate in. Wisdom is when we're able to come to a place when we understand that we have disagreements, that we're not going to agree and agree. And instead of trying to tear each other down, let's just pray for each other. Let me tell you something. It is more powerful for us to just pray for each other than to try to go out and prove some kind of a point. I'm telling you at this point, we might not be able to change many people's minds, but we definitely could create more conflict and inflict more pain into friendships and families. So don't fall for the trap. Don't step into it. I honestly wish I hadn't done it as much as I have, but it is my prayer and my commitment that we keep these things in check. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Well, living and loving God, we just thank you for this message, God. We thank you for this awesome reminder, God, that you remind us of who we are and that that doesn't change regardless of the political climate that we are experiencing this morning and today. So, Holy God, give us, God, the strength to know, God, the, the, to do the right thing. Give us the courage, God, to be able to sometimes just be silent and the wisdom, God, to instead pray. Remind us, God, that it is not about the current situation, that whatever situation it is, it is just temporary. But our job, our responsibility, our role as it comes to Christian, God, that that is permanent. That is forever, God. And so, so help us remain to remain the light, God, to keep things in perspective, to keep what's important, important, God. And to be able to be reminded, God, that our um, role, God, in this in moments of messiness and darkness is to be the light. Is to point people to you, Holy God. And you're the one that will be able, God, to answer the questions, open the doors, close the doors, and just make things right. God, we apologize for the times and we have put our, we have put our trust in a political process or in a political candidate instead of you. But today, God, we, we refocus our perspective, God. We, we, we come to you, God, and, and we ask the Father God that you just help us be able to, to, although we walk through this process, not get caught up in it. Never forget who we are as your image bearers. 
and that as such, God, we have a responsibility to do things right, to do things with integrity, to do things in a, in a, in a loving and caring way. And ultimately know, God, that you, you will make a way, that you are the one in control, and that what's important to you needs to be important to us beyond beyond the platforms, beyond the talking points, beyond the memes, God. That what we set our goals and our values is to be on scripture and nothing else. We thank you, God, for allowing us to be able to be part of this process. We thank you for the privilege and the right, God, to be able to exercise our vote as citizens of this country. But we also thank you, God, for allowing us to be your image bearers, God, as also, and most importantly, citizens of the kingdom, your children. We thank you and we honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, we want to thank you this morning for joining us. I pray that this message and this service was a blessing to you. Please visit our website. Let us know how you are doing. Send us your prayer request and also have a really awesome announcement. On Friday, October 23rd, we're going to have a drive-by pumpkin patch event. And we're excited about that. Listen, we have to just figure out how to be able to connect with each other and, and not let what is happening right now with this pandemic, you know, deter what um, our vision and our mission and our purpose is as a church. And so we're really excited that Reverend Donna and decided, you know what, we're going to, we need to do something uh, about this. And so um, she is coordinating a drive-by pumpkin patch event. It's going to be here on the church. It's going to be on the back part of the church on that long drive-through. And, and it's going to be a fun event. So we're going to need some candies. So we're going to need your donations so that we can um, get that in place. I think she's probably going to need some volunteers as well. So connect with Reverend Donna, go to our website. You'll be able to see the information uh, with more detail about this event. You'll also be able to participate in our Bible studies. Listen, every Wednesday, go to our website, go to our events tab, go to Wednesdays, and you will see um, the link, the Zoom link, so that we can do our connection time at 6.30 and then our Bible study at 7. You're going to miss it. If you don't participate in Bible study, you're going to have a lot of gaps um, on, on the importance of this scripture. So I encourage you to participate in Bible study. And listen, it's also an opportunity for you to give your love offerings and your tithes. It is important um, that we participate in the process of being um, members of this church as well. So please continue to be faithful, continue to provide um, uh, financially your support so that we can do and meet our responsibilities as a church. Is Again, we're excited that you joined us today and now go, let's go and be a God's image bearers out in this world. God bless you. <music>